think it's all at all a lack of cohesion. Maybe still not everybody's pulling the rope quite the same direction. Uh, I, I think we're too far into the season to say that. I don't. I don't think that's the case. We are missing some key guys that play important minutes for us, which doesn't um, help. But every team is at this point. You know what I mean. So it's not an excuse either. We got 20 capable guys playing tonight, and again, I just think it's more of a mindset and a, a discipline to our game that we're lacking a little bit on nights, certain nights. I mean, it's it's self-awareness. We need guys that know, you know, know how to play in our system, how to how to play our game, and, and know what it takes. And uh, we have guys in here. I think we got some guys that think they're playing well, and I think they're kidding themselves at this point. It's it's frustrating to play with, uh, you know, play out there when when you got guys that think they're playing well and, and they're doing things that you know, you have no idea what play they're going to make or, or where they're going to be on the ice. And, uh, it's it's tough to play in this league when when you don't know where your teammates are going to be. So um, you know that's where a lot of the frustration stems from. You just heard from both head coach Jared Bednar and Devon Taves following last night's three to two loss to the Chicago Blackhawks on the road for the Colorado Avalanche against a team that at the time I know they've jumped the Sharks now, but at the time were the last place team ranked in the NHL. Uh, Before I get into a little bit of a breakdown, I do want to shout out and credit Jesse Montano over at Guerrilla Sports for both of these clips. He posted them both on his uh, X account, his Twitter account, and I pulled the audio from those and I wanted to give him credit for that. He is boots on the ground in Chicago providing us with these post-game clips. So shout out to him and to all the great work they do at Guerrilla Sports. With that being said, this is obviously Arif Dean of Mile High Sports. You are listening to Hockey Mountain High, your go-to avalanche podcast presented by Superbook Sports. And I think there is a lot to break down here. We know the avalanche right now. They're kind of going through it. They are 4-5-1 in their last 10 games. They haven't won a road game in five games. Um, They're struggling here in December after a pretty good bounce back in November. Despite all of that, it's still crazy to say, but despite all of that, the Avalanche are tied for first in the Central Division with 40 points. Granted, the Dallas Stars have two games in hand, uh, and they're one point ahead of the Winnipeg Jets, who also have two games in hand. It's fascinating to see the Avalanche finally be the team that has played more games, which is honestly a good thing because it means late in the season, they're not going to be playing as much as they were last year, where they had two, three, four games in hand on everybody else, which meant a lot more hockey in March and April. That's beyond the point. Reality is the Avalanche right now are not playing well. They have a standard set for themselves, as you heard Jared Bednar say, that they are just not reaching. They're not achieving that. And it's something that needs to be fixed. And and honestly, this goes without saying. Something that we know right now is this team is struggling from roster construction. They don't have the guys to do it right now. And I think there are moves that need to be made. This is not last year. I know they have some injuries right now. Makar's kind of been in and out of the lineup, which doesn't help. Uh, He's missed five games already out of the first 32, which means he's on pace for about a 68 to 72 game season, which in itself is already puzzling and already an issue. But you're missing Arturi Lekkanen. You obviously haven't had Gabe Landeskog all year. You didn't have him all of last year. We know that. And obviously Sam Gerrard is on a personal leave. But despite that, this team still has, like Jared said, 20 capable bodies. They have NHLers. This isn't last season where a trade for Matt Nieto or a trade for Dennis Malgin excites you for what could be a new look third line. Matt Nieto and Dennis Malgin are players that on this roster and on hell, on the lineup that played yesterday, 
probably would only take a roster spot away from one guy, and it's Curtis McDermott. They wouldn't take a roster spot from anybody else. So the Avs have the depth this year. It's something they didn't have last year, but they have the depth this year. But what they don't have this year are those middle group of forwards. They have a ton of bottom six guys. They have, which they didn't have last year. Last year, they had a few bottom six guys and then a ton of fringe NHL players. But this time, they have a ton of bottom six guys. But in order to get there, they sort of sacrifice that second line. Lekkonen's obviously injured. That's not a sacrifice. That's a player that was hurt more than a month ago and is expected back probably in the next month or so, I would say. Between now and February 1st, I would assume Arturi Lekkonen is back in the lineup and probably earlier than February 1st. But they lost JT Comfer, who I know we all didn't want to be the number two center, but I think we often kind of ignore just how good of a player and how valuable he was to this team. And then obviously Evan Rodriguez, who they replaced with Tomas Tatar, who didn't work out, who they traded to Seattle for a fifth round draft pick to clear his cap space because obviously it's just not going to work. So what you're seeing now from the Avalanche, and I'm going to go over yesterday's ice time. This has been a common occurrence in recent games. And if I do this over the last 10 games, it would be the same type of stretch. Nathan McKinnon played 22-26. Miko Rantanen played 24-24. Valeri Nachushkin once again led the way because he plays a lot of shorthanded ice time. 25-47. Those are your top, that's your top line. Those are your top three guys. Val Nachushkin, I, I gotta stick taps to that guy. I gotta say it. I know this is gonna be more of a negative podcast, but I gotta give my stick taps to Val Nachushkin, who's got 15 goals, 14 assists, 29 points in 30 games. He has been incredible, playing more than 25 minutes a majority of these last few nights. He played 27 one game. He played 29 another game. He has been spectacular. He only played 17-22 at even strength, which is less than McKinnon's 18-44 and Miko Rantanen's 20-23. But he played 331 on the power play, 454 shorthanded. The guy is valuable in all situations. And also, obviously, the Avs lost 3-2 to Nachushkin had both goals. So shout out to Val Nachushkin. Stick taps all around for that guy. Now, the problem is after this top three, this is the outlier that you haven't seen in past games, but it still kind of helps solidify the 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 the, the point that I'm trying to make is next up on the forwards in terms of ice time is Logan O'Connor playing 1741. Now, what we've seen a lot recently is they don't even have that 17-minute guy. It would be the top three playing 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, whatever the number is for each of them, Renton and Nichushkin and McKinnon. And then you'd see the next group playing 13, 12, 11, 11, 11, 11. Like they have a ton of got this isn't last year where you had the Sedlaks and the bleeds and the hunts and all those guys and the nietos and the bottom line playing three four minutes a night because you don't trust them this is a ton of bottom six guys playing big minutes and by big minutes i mean big minutes relative for a bottom six guy so that 10 11 12 13 minute mark but it's matching the second line they don't have that middle They have the 25s, they have the bottom six playing 10, 11, 12, and they don't have a line in the middle that's giving you 16 to 18 solid minutes, and that is what is sinking this team. McKinnon, Nichushkin, and and Rantanen are playing too much. It's the same thing as last year, but now they're playing too much because they don't have a second line, not because they don't have a bottom six. Last year, you could argue the Avalanche had a great second line, 
even though this isn't how the line combinations work, but in terms of a depth chart, the next three guys were something like Comfer, Rodriguez, and Lekkanen. Lekkanen's hurt, Comfer's gone, Rodriguez is gone. They need to replace that. Ryan Johansson hasn't worked. We know that. And that's kind of been the biggest thing for me. So I think this season is salvageable. Last year was not salvageable. The Avs traded for Lars Eller. They tried to figure something out. It wasn't going to work. Their third line still had Malgin, Eller, Newhook, guys like that. Like It just wasn't a well-built team. This team has what it takes. I have to stress. They got what it takes. If some of their players can do what Jared Bednar was saying. Devontae's played 29-50 yesterday. Was he great? No. But he's being asked to play big minutes without Kale McCarr and Sam Gerrard. Bowen Byron played 23-29. Was he great? No. You could argue he hasn't had a great season at all, in my opinion. Next on the list, Josh Manson, 21-21. Way more than he should be playing. And then obviously Jack Johnson and uh, Sam Malinsky. Johnson played 15-59, so basically 16 minutes. Sam Malinsky, 14-06, so basically 14 minutes. And then you had Caleb Jones, who was... Uh, the least amount of ice time at 1027. So missing two guys that give you a combined, I don't know, 44 minutes of ice time, if you account 25 for Kale and 19 for Gerard, uh, is going to is gonna hurt your defense. But against the Chicago Blackhawks, it shouldn't matter that much. The defense is well put together. You could argue there is a trade chip there to be had. Um, I'm of the belief, and this is not me throwing out rumors. This is not me sparking speculation. But I've always had this belief that Bowen Byram, like Ryan Suter when he used to play behind Shea Weber, I still genuinely believe Bowen Byram one day wants to be a number one defenseman on another team. He signed a two-year deal this year and next year before he's an RFA, so the Avalanche control it. So they're going to get something for him if they end up needing to trade the guy. Um, But I don't know if this is the time. It is unfortunate that the uh, that Sam Gerrard, obviously, he is dealing with something that is not to be taken lightly, but it is unfortunate that the Avalanche can't use him as a trade chip right now. So all you can do is wait for him to hopefully get better to be able to return and provide help to this lineup. But the reason why I mentioned Byram and Gerrard is to say, right now, this team does not need to trade a defenseman to get better. They have draft picks. They have draft capital. They have... Uh, some young assets that they haven't had in the past few years in Golyaev and, and Richie and some of their other prospects. And they have their first round draft pick for each of the next three seasons. So basically, this team right now can make a trade if they're willing to mortgage a little bit of the future. Well, a lot of the future because they need help up front. So that brings me to... Let me just go over the draft picks real quick. The Avalanche have their first rounder in each of the next three drafts. They have one second rounder, two third rounders, all of their fourths. So they got quite a few, quite a bit of draft capital. They're missing three of the of their next three, six, nine of their next twelve picks. Their next twelve top four picks. They're missing three, two seconds, and one third. So they have quite a bit of draft capital. Sam Malinsky is slowly getting better. That says to me that eventually you're going to see him be a regular, whether that's taking Jack Johnson's spot or whether you see a trade for Byram or Gerard between now and March 8th. Who knows? It's anybody's guess. Uh, or even Josh Manson. I don't want to inc- I don't want to disclude him uh, from any of these conversations. Uh, Josh Manson, is. Uh, he does have a no-trade clause that begins on June 15, 2024. It's a 12-team no-trade. So if that's somebody you want to trade leading up to the deadline if somebody decides to take him then then that's an option it's also something that you can do uh early in the summer so 
going back to what I'm trying to get to is the Avalanche need forward help. Gabe Landeskog is up in the air if he's going to ever not ever come back. I mean, that well, yeah, that's up in the air as well. But it is up in the air if he's going to come back in general uh, this season. You also have Kovalenko, who's going to be coming out from Russia as soon as their season ends, sometime at the end of the regular season, early in the playoffs. So that's a piece that you want to keep an eye on. But the biggest thing for me right now with the Colorado Avalanche is they need center depth. We don't talk enough about it. I've kind of been mentioning it here and there, but you're seeing a lot of games where McKinnon plays 25 minutes and then Johansson, Colton, and Olafson play 11 and 12. There is no second-line center playing 17-18 like Comfort was last year, sometimes in 2021 even, or 19 minutes even. So you all heard Elliot Friedman by now, probably if you haven't, go to milehighsports.com. There was a report from Elliot Friedman that the Avalanche are looking at Elias Lindholm out of the Calgary Flames. They're not the only team. It's not guaranteed they get him, but they are keeping an eye on him. And uh, part of the reason why they traded Tomas Tatar was to say, you know what? It's not working. We clearly have seen enough to know it's not going to work. Let's clear his $1.5 million. Let's wait for that next shoe to drop. It is also worth mentioning that I'm recording this December 20th. We have entered the holiday freeze. There are no trades to be made, no moves to be made until after the 27th. So it's a week-long freeze for the holidays, which is one of my favorite things that the NHL does. Um, so any moves would come after December 27. Blink twice. It's New Year's Day. Blink again, it's a week later, which puts us two months out from the trade deadline. So we are in the we are pretty much two to three weeks away from the heat of the, you know, rush toward the deadline where you're going to start to see who the sellers are, who the contenders are, um, and a lot of rumors and the rumor mill kind of churning. Last year, again, this is different from last year because this year the Avalanche are relatively healthy. An injured Lekkonen for long term, uh, a Sam Gerrard personal leave. And Makar missing five games out of uh, 32 is not what the Avalanche had last year. This is a much better situation. Just having a healthy Val Nichushkin playing the way he does or the way he is and a healthy Bowen Byram is already an upgrade on where they were last year. So what I'm trying to get at is the Avalanche just need to make a couple of moves. And I know I say just as if it's, it's a little bit, but the reality is it's not that much. Last year, the Toronto Maple Leafs, in one full swoop, in one trade, they made like four or five trades at the deadline, holy crap, but in one trade, managed to bring in Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari. Two centermen, they played on their third and fourth line, or for O'Reilly's case, the second line, and Tavares shifted to the wing, whatever. They brought in two very capable centermen. That's the move for me this year. As much as you want to talk about the wing, the move for me for the Avalanche this year is to bring in two capable centermen. If you bring in an Elias Lindholm, Calgary doesn't have a Nolachari, another centerman that you can include in the same trade. If you bring in an Elias Lindholm, number one, love the guy, genuine dude, but Ryan Johansson's got to go the other way. He's got to be the cap dump, the one that evens out the money. The Avalanche will obviously have to pay a little bit more given the fact that Calgary would be taken on Calgary or whoever the team is that the Avalanche get a number two center from, they would be taking on uh, $4 million of Johansson, not just this year, but for the upcoming season as well. So that obviously is an issue. Uh, granted, I think Johansson would fit better there than with the Avalanche. The Avs are just too fast of a team for what he uh, for you know what he is at this stage of his career. He's got 10 goals. That's pretty crazy. He's on pace for 24 goals. 
but he's also on pace for like seven assists. I didn't do the math on that. So it is a very strange uh, thing you're seeing right now from Ryan Johansson, but well, very strange stat line, I should say, but I don't think he fits this team and he's got to be the money going the other way. No questions asked. Now, the reason why I say the Avalanche need two centermen, because now you're probably thinking, hey, Arif, you got McKinnon, you got Lindholm, and you got Colton. The reason why I say the Avalanche need two centermen is because Colton is kind of your Swiss army knife. He doesn't need to play center if he's not necessary to play center. So basically where I'm at right now is if the Avalanche could find a way to trade for Lindholm and another centerman who can give you third line center role, you could have a top line of Nachushkin, McKinnon, Rantanen. You could have a second line. Let's just say Lindholm's the guy. You could have a second line of Lekkinen, Lindholm, and Ross Colton on the wing. This is something I've been pushing for all season. I know the Avalanche paid him to be a centerman. I know they want him to be a centerman, but he has done great things playing on the wing with those top guys in Tampa Bay. A second line of Lekkinen, Lindholm, and Colton would be wonderful, which would bring your third line to Colton, to not sorry, not Colton, Miles Wood on the left wing, a new centerman at uh, on obviously playing in the middle, a new acquisition. And then on the right wing, you have Druan or kind of the mystery box that is Nikolai Kovalenko. And then your fourth line is obviously Cagliano, Olofsson, and O'Connor. It's a good line. If you If it were up to me, and I haven't done enough research to know who that third line center could be, if it were up to me, you have Nichushkin, McKinnon, Rantanen, Lekkinen, Lindholm, Colton, Wood, New Center, Kovalenko, Cagliano, Olafson, O'Connor, and Jonathan Druen's number 13. And I hate to say it like that because Jonathan Druen's been playing great, but you need depth. If Jonathan Druen continues to improve to the point where you 100% could trust that one of Druen or Kovalenko could be your second and third line wingers interchangeably, then you don't move Colton. You go Nachushkin, McKinnon, Rantanen, Lekkinen, Lindholm, Druan, Wood, Colton, Kovalenko, Cagliano, Olafson, O'Connor. And obviously Kovalenko and Druan would be interchangeable. Granted, the Wood, Colton, Druan line was terrible against the Chicago Blackhawks, and I don't love that pairing. So that's where I'm at with the Avalanche. I think Kovalenko is eventually going to be a factor. To what extent, we will see. Uh, I think he will at least be a third liner. Just given everything we've heard about him, given the skill set that he has, you know, the adjustment and the transition from from the uh, KHL to the NHL is not easy. And I'm not going to pretend it is, um, but it's some but it's something that I think the Avalanche could, you know, make work pretty easily if they can get this guy over here because he would be playing on the wing, not at center, which already means uh, not as much of a. Uh, uh, responsibility defensively and it gives him the opportunity to take the time he needs to make sure that he adapts to the NHL so some of the ideas you could uh, some of the options you could have as a third line center is someone like Morgan Frost he's got three goals five assists not quite killing it uh, but this is a guy who has shown in the NHL in the past that he's got what it takes he just hasn't quite fit the uh, what John Tortorella is doing there this year for whatever reason. Last year, he had 19 goals and 27 assists. He had 46 points, which is more than Ross Colton had last year. 
um, or even in his career best years. This year, he's got three goals, five assists, eight points in 21 games. So that's a guy you can bring in to be your third line center and bring Colton up to the wing. So that's one idea. Um, but I'm sure there are more. You know, we've talked about Adam Henrique in the past. He makes quite a bit more money. Tyler Johnson, he makes quite a little bit more money. Jack Roslovic, same thing. There are options for the Avalanche. Sean Monahan's another one. But all I'm saying is this team is one trade similar to the O'Reilly and Achari away from having the depth where Jonathan Drouin is your 13th forward, where Yoel Kiviranta is your 14th forward. It's not as much of a doom and gloom as it was a year ago. And a lot of what I'm seeing on Twitter is people feeling that it is when I don't genuinely believe it is. However, with that being said, things need to get better. This team needs to play better. And it starts with a lot of the comments that Jared Bednar said, where we have 20 capable guys and it just seems like it's a mindset. It's a discipline that is not there right now. So that's where I am with the avalanche. It's December 20th. Like I said, we are a week. We are day one into a week long holiday freeze. And then after that, we're still a couple weeks away from being two months away from the trade deadline. So there's quite a bit of time until things are going to start to happen. But this team can do it. Steven Stamkos is also someone that I'm like watching from afar because he plays the wing now, which would keep Colton at center. He plays the wing, but it kind of reminds me of Ryan O'Reilly a season ago and Claude Giroux the year before. If Tampa Bay continues to fall, then he could be an option at some point. Who knows? He would cost a lot. The Avalanche would need to, obviously, if he's going to cost a lot, he would need to be the second line center. If you're bringing him to be the second line winger in place of uh, where I put Colton, so Colton can shift to line three, then obviously he's not the priority. The prop priority is someone of the Lindholm ilk who can play second line center, and then the winger position comes later. So that's where I am. The Avalanche aren't playing great right now. We know that, but this can be fixed. They have the health that they did in a year ago. We'll see where it goes, but that's all for me today. I just wanted to come in and talk a little bit about that. The Devon Taves comments, um, I didn't mention those as much yet. So actually, let me let me dive into that a little bit before I uh, end the show here. Um, you have to think that what Devon said to Jesse Montano and the other media members in Chicago yesterday, you got to think that he said it to his roster. He said it to his teammates. He said it to the players before he said it to the media. This is a guy that, you know, he doesn't speak often, but when he does, people listen because he is a no-nonsense leader. He's a very serious dude, very nice guy, but very serious dude, and he wants to win as much as the next guy, and that's why he signed a seven-year extension with this team. So it is something to keep an eye on. I don't think there's drama within the locker room. I think the leaders are stepping up. They're grabbing a hold of this team, and they're saying enough is enough. They genuinely are missing Gabe Landeskog, and we all know this. I just listed out three or four or five different possible scenarios for the roster without mentioning Gabe Landeskog and the possibility that he might play in the playoffs this year, hopefully by next year. Hopefully in 12 months from now, Gabe Landeskog is two months into a season. He's got like 10 goals, 10 assists, and we're all looking back thinking, remember when we thought his career was over? Hopefully that's where we end up. We're not there right now. This team still has the players to make this work. They just got to figure it out, add a couple more pieces, and they'll have a roster ready to rock. So with that, this is Arif Dean of Mile High Sports. This is Hockey Mountain High, your go-to avalanche podcast presented by Superbook Sports. Talk to you guys again soon.